hello everyone and welcome back to Cobbs and Coffee. I am Mr Q, I've got Neil, I've got Niku, I've got Andre. We're all in studio today. Uh, so we can't bash the GTR behind Neil's back anymore. <laughs> so we'll just do it to his face, I guess. Um, <laughs> hi guys, how are you doing? How's it, how's it? Good and you? All good, good to be back. Good, good, good. You get to defend the innocent honor again, yes. So. Well, unfortunately, today's topic is not going to include the GTR, so you're shit out of luck. It's about driver's cars. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, with that out <laughs> Moving on swiftly. So, our Unlike actual a GTR. topic for today, our real topic, the one that we're actually going to be talking about and trying to stick to, not go off on, on wild tangents here. We're. we're, we're we like, you know, we 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 really should try and be professional about this. We, I love how he says that and sounds to be in, and tries to be serious. This <laughs> yeah, is tequila talking. Don't worry. Um, we want to talk about daily drivable classics in the sense of what kind of classic car could you daily drive, realistically speaking, and what a, a car actually needs. To be daily drivable, do you really need stuff like aircon, a- Apple CarPlay, power steering? Are these nice to haves or are these essentials for a daily driver? And where is that line for you? How how much nostalgia can you put up with uh, mm. without looking for that little bit of more modern comfort? Or getting annoyed? And you know, there, there are all kinds of other aspects that we need to talk about, such as the maintenance of old cars, the reliability of old cars, safety of old cars. Um, but, yeah, let's just, I mean, yes or no, can you daily drive a classic? Yes, 100. Yes. I would say yes. Okay, so we're agreed. Join us next week for... <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to answer your question with a question. Oh. What is a classic? The phone is even out for this one. So, Jesus, I've never seen it. Okay, so what, what have you Googled as being a classic? No, I'm just making a list for the stuff I wanted to say. Because <laughs> I'm forgetful. So you're a classic because yes. you're old. Um, I, I would say anything, anything older than sort of 24 five to 30 years it used to be 20 years but i mean if you look at cars now from 20 years ago they're still pretty modern i mean after 2000 uh, i would say maybe i'm just getting older but it feels like a 2000 classics is 90s 90s and and pre-2000 i would i would agree with that i would i would have even though it's crazy to think that 90s is even considered as classic nowadays but i mean that's just why the times have, have moved right but for me, like but when is I still that the think... times that have moved, or is it the fact that we're all just old? Yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> it's yeah. our podcast, so we get to say that. We get to decide what's classic. <laughs> so, uh, this car that came out last week, it's a bit old. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling very young and hip and, and with it, so that's that's old news. But, yeah, I think, I think you can totally drive a, a classic car as a daily car. Yeah. Um, I used to, in fact, do it. Uh, I had, well, I say daily drove it, but I had I had a two car garage which consisted of a Honda S two thousand, which I suppose you could throw into classics now if you no, want. Yeah. Two thousand because modern, modern, modern classic. Yeah, it's a modern, modern classic. classic. Yeah, because that's a naughty car. Well, it was. It no, came, it came out, out in the nineties. So what? I would say. It came out in so I would actually say early nineties. Ninety nine, something like that. Mm, yeah. Early nineties. Yeah. But yeah, I had a, a Honda S2000 and then I had a 1982 Ford Granada, Ooh. which was just, oh, it was brilliant. Loved that car. That's before the Ford caught fire. That one was... Yeah, that, that, that one didn't catch fire. That's because it picked all its oil all over the driveway before it could catch fire. But uh, yeah, I mean, that car was brilliant because it was comfortable. It was quiet. It was... Did it have an aircon? It was easy to drive. It did have an aircon. It didn't Impressive. work, but it had an aircon. It had power steering. It had power brakes. It didn't overheat much. 
Um, <laughs> much. <laughs> but it wasn't a normal Ford. What did you do to it? I didn't do anything to but it. But it didn't overheat. I, it was just, it was It was one of these cars that it used to belong to an old woman. He had it under blankets in his garage, and the only time it ever came out of the garage was when he was towing his caravan. That was literally his tow car for his holidays. And he for didn't use it. I mean, yeah, he used it once a year. This was a 1982 car, um, which was at the time that I bought it, it was a two-owner car. But for the majority of its life, it belonged to this old guy who bought it brand new, owned it its entire life, serviced it regularly. It had, uh, when I bought it, 110,000 Ks on the clock. Wow. And it was just brilliant. I, I drove it to Stolby a couple of times. I used it as a daily driver. And the only thing that I could fault it on was the fact that it had a three-speed auto. And What engine did it have in? Three-liter V6. So it also probably wasn't the lightest on fuel. Mm, yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't economical, but it also wasn't, like, ridiculously thirsty. I mean, if I drove it nicely, I could get it down to, like, 11 to 12 liters per hundred, which is... Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the fact that it only had that three-speed auto meant that I was always looking for another ratio, and you couldn't really cruise faster than about 100 k's an hour because then the revs start going a bit high, it starts just making noise, and it's it, it, you could feel that the car was now working a bit hard to, to keep up that revs the whole time. So I reckon that car with a four-speed box or a five-speed box would have been a hell of a lot better. But as a daily drivable car, it was brilliant. It worked. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's, I think I've got the answer to, to your issue, sir. It was the W114 Mercedes. W124. No, 114. The one, the one I have. Oh, I'm yes. going back. I'm going full-on classic, 69. Oh, wow. I was going to say, they were like 70s cars. Yeah. 69. 69, Bobby. <laughs> so, so, yeah. <laughs> That's not what I was so, thinking about, but okay. okay. <laughs> Neil. <laughs> Come on. Bloody missing crowd. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, uh, my, my cars that I would have suggested, my car would be a bit too modern, my Spider, because that's a 96. It would almost qualify on the it year model, but, it, but, 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 but from, it is but too it, modern. It's, it's but it does have modern. the mileage from a 1980s car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what I want to say. I mean, I've been daily driving that fin for six years. So yours is later 90s, but they came out in 94 already. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so, so, so as a, a modern, so I think this that's an important distinction. You get modern classics, and then you get classics, like yeah. historics. Yeah. So for me, anything kind of, late 80s early 90s uh to to mid to late 90s those are modern classics yeah there's a cars that are still if you look at them now and you nobody knows what they they wouldn't see them as classic they were just older cars yes but they are actually yes. almost 30 years yeah. old etc mm. so so those are quite usable <clears throat> for me i've got for a daily driver i've got three requirements for a car i don't care how old it is these are the requirements I must have a cone folder no, that you can add later. <laughs> it must have an aircon. <clears throat> that I'm not worried about. Yes, you don't have an aircon. That's because your aircon's broken. <laughs> <laughs> I used to drive cars like that, but since I've owned an aircon, I'm I'm fine with it. In the summer in Cape Town, it's no fun driving around without an aircon. No. But Daily see, driving. If, if you're not if you're not too lazy to press one button to take the roof off. <clears throat> You've got a full aircon. As someone who drives convertibles my, on a regular basis, I want my hat to be stolen. No, but a convertible in the summer, in the no, sun, it's, it's boiling. It, no, it's, it's even boiling. hotter yeah. than having the roof on. Yeah, no, If no, I don't no, have time to press a button, I don't have time to put on sunblock every time I drive to work. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, carry aircon, on. What, what, what else, do you, what to else me? do you need? Um, uh, it needs to be a 12 volt car. It can't be a like a, <laughs> yeah, a no, six volt yeah, car no, from the, please. Yeah, the, that's... the 60s, 50s. 
um, and it would need to have headrests. I, I don't care if it comes yeah. out with headrests. I would then headrest and proper safety belts. If it doesn't come out with that, I'll put in like a racing seat or something. But I mean, what I don't like is like these. If you get like even like a sixties Alpha, or whatever, mm. where you have these little just your the, whole yeah, no, just sucks. these kind of bucket seats where your whole head sticks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. For yeah. a daily drop, from a safety point of view, yeah. uh, you get rear-ended with one of those things, exactly. and you're going to be you get a one-way ticket to Whiplash there, City, yeah. and I'm yeah. not thinking. So on I've got the answer for you on that one as well and a car in my garage as well a mercedes one <laughs> that doesn't have aircon unfortunately uh e30 bm that's, that's a, a 91 it's got aircon yeah, yeah it's got a five speed box but you can't drive them they're too dangerous because it'll get stolen on your way to work uh uh, it's been hijacked uh, five times since you've been sitting here. Exactly. Swap hands. You, you, you used to have an E30, right? I've just been offered the thing on Gumtree. <laughs> you used to have an E30, right? Well, I'll see if I get to the garage if it's still oh, yeah. there. No, and no, I'll no. tell you if I used to or do. Yes, yes, yeah. No, no, yeah, you used to have one. Funny enough, I've heard of a lot of people with the E30s. What they do is they would rather leave their windows down because it's more expensive to replace the window than is the wires that people ripped out to try and not wire it. <laughs> so you'll leave the windows down. Let them get into the car and try and steal it. But because <laughs> it's more expensive to what replace What I would enjoy as, a, as a, something that would be great as a, as a daily driver. So, so sorry. So we've got the modern kind of classics and then we've got the real, cla- the, the like early 80s and older, I think, is, is, is kind of the cutoff. That Granada of yours, I would see, say, is a classic. That's not a modern yeah, yeah. classic. That's a classic. Anything older than that. So as Alpha guys, there's a lot of 70s cars, yeah. late 60s cars that we really love. I used to own, uh, own quite a few of them. Um, and they are, if aircon was a problem, you didn't have aircon. They yeah. they came out with headrests. Um, they were all twelve volt and etc. That was fun. Aircon they didn't have. You can add an aircon, but it's a hectic aftermarket. You'll need to make. It's going to be expensive. No, it's, and I've thought of major doing surgery. That. I've got one of those. I've got a nineteen seventy one uh, two liter Alfa Veloci GTV, lovely car, and they're actually reliable and all those things. And if it had an aircon, I could Well, reliable yeah. for an alpha. No, reliable <laughs> for any car of its own. And before before, before my Spider, I was daily driving one, uh, oh. a 1750. I used to I daily mean, drive a junior years I, ago I, as I well. I daily drive a junior, and, and that's that's one that's on my list, list as well. I would happily daily drive that because I'm not worried about aircon. I'm already used to it, so I'm already a peasant. Um, and, and you work in IT, so you smell anyway. So. Exactly. So. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> well, anyway, that's that's the association. So I get an echo. So I need an echo because I don't want to smell when I get to work. I want to smell when I get from work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so the junior for me, I I, I love daily driving so, mine. Nick, I mean, if aircon isn't an issue, what are the things that you would need in a car to consider it daily drivable? Because at this stage, it looks like you'd be happy driving a box car. <laughs> well, basically, I need to at least be able to do like one sixty. Because I mean, if I look at a daily driver, I would I want to be on the highway and still be fine. Because part of your commute goes through Mexico, right? <laughs> you see exactly. Yeah. So, no, you so, go from no, Brockburn, Brackenfell to Mexico to Cape Town. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the, that's the most direct route. For, so, so for me, a daily driver must just be anything that's not a mission to to live with. In the sense of, if I want to climb in, start it. I don't want to. I don't want to go. Crank the handle yeah, I don't want to crank the handle. I don't want to <laughs> double clutch the fuel pedal. Choke here, choke there. Uh, um, how do you double clutch a fuel pedal? Somehow some Land Rover owner will tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing? You heard it, you heard, you heard it your first folks, double clutching the fuel pedal. You double clutch a fuel pedal to get that car If you know fuel. what it is, you've heard of that pedal dance. He, yeah. told, <laughs> he told us about the 86 pedal dance. I yeah. think that's it. You double clutch the, the, the yeah. throttle and then it's all over the place, Ru. Right, guys, I want to take a quick second again to thank our amazing sponsors, Master Panel Beaters. Master Panel Beaters have sponsored this entire season of Induction Noise. 
which has basically meant that this podcast is possible. Without them, we wouldn't be here. Uh, Master Panel Beaters is, of course, a major structural repair center out in Montague Gardens. And if you ever get into a spill with your car, someone crashes into you, a tree jumps out in front of you, anything like that, they are the kinds of guys that you want working on your car. Master Panel Beaters are approved by a number of major manufacturers. They get audited on a regular basis to make sure that their work is up to the manufacturer's standards, which is quite important these days if you consider that your car has crumple zones and crash structures and things that will typically get destroyed during an accident. And most panel beaters will simply patch it up, do the bodywork around it and make it look pretty, but underneath, that structure will never function the way that it's supposed to again. Master panel beaters repair to OEM standards, which means if you are ever in another accident, that crash structure will still operate and function the way that it's supposed to, keeping you and your loved ones safe. And that's, that's actually quite a, a major important thing that a lot of people miss out on. But as well as keeping you safe... The, the quality of their work is outstanding. When you take your car to them and they've, they've waved their magic wand over it, you can rest assured that it's going to look as good as new. Um, so, yeah, if you need any kind of work done to your car, check out Master Panel Beaters on our Facebook page, on our website, on our Instagram feed, or uh, just look for Master Panel Beaters on Facebook. They've got their own page as well. And... Uh, chat to Steven and the guys, and I'm pretty sure they will put your car back to the way you want it to be. So for me, I think my requirements for a classic car to be daily drivable, I, I would say that I need to have aircon. Um, even if it's not the most effective aircon in the world, I, I would like to have some form of aircon in there. Um, I would like to have the ability to cruise comfortably at 120 k's an hour. Um, and I need enough power. And this is something that comes up quite a lot when I'm looking at, you know, classic cars that are possibly daily drivable. But it, it needs to have enough power that you don't feel like a liability. Because a lot of... It needs to keep up with traffic. I mean, I, I drove... Oh, a, a long while ago, I drove a 1957 Chevy 210 on the road. And... That's not a car that I would want to daily drive because mm -hmm. driving it is genuinely hard work, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, you do feel like a liability. Yes, it's a classic and people have respect for that and they're sort of patient but, but to sit behind to, you and whatever. But you to think all the time, but, oh, now I should move over, now I should do this. Yeah, I mean, that car's not going to do 120 on the highway every day. It's not going to do 120 on the highway full stop. And <laughs> even if you could get it up to 120, <laughs> you're not going to want to be inside it. And you're not going to be able to stop it. So it needs to have at least some kind of dynamic ability yeah. that means that you can drive it <clears throat> safely and cruise comfortably at 120 k's an hour. And then the final requirement, Every which is something that does come up quite a lot. I mean, yes, safety is always going to be an issue. But I think one of the big things for me with a, a classic car that needs to be daily drivable is parts availability yeah because yes. you know it, it's very different here to where i grew up because i grew up in the uk where you can daily drive pretty much anything you want to because there's a whole industry what's locally made and N not just that but there's this whole industry of specialists you yeah. know the guys in sheds who are making little bits and pieces for various cars um you know if you if you have some kind of weird exotic MG that was only built for six months of 1940 foot sack. There's a guy somewhere in a shed who's making that specific little bit that constantly will, breaks on that car. He will forge you a new manifold by this weekend. <laughs> exactly. There's, it's not that we don't have the skill set in this country for people to engineer and manufacture the parts. It's just not the scale of it. We just don't have the scale. We don't have the market for it. And the industry doesn't exist. You will find a Wimquist in the free state who can do it for you in his shed, but you'll have to schedule it about four months ahead after yeah. the, the next... Uh, and it'll cost you a damn fortune right. to get it done. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I'll give you a stupid example. We had a uh, 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 Ferrari 612 Scalietti 
that had a little problem with that T-bar reverse lever thing that the F1 gearboxes have, where the little pins, the locating pins on the side of the lever broke off because someone had obviously pulled it backwards without lifting the lever first. Now, that's a common problem on those things, and they break all the time because it's this stupid little plastic thing with the two little plastic locating pins sticking out of it. So it's not a particularly strong part. And there's a company in the UK called Hills Engineering that will machine you that exact part from aluminium, from billet Ooh. aluminium. So it lasts forever. And it costs 900 bucks. It's not big money. No. Ferrari South Africa's solution to this problem is not replacing <clears throat> just that part, but replacing the entire gear selector module, which is an 87,000 Rand problem. Yep. So that's an extreme example, but I mean, that just gives you an idea of the kind of thing that you could run into with a classic car where something small breaks and it's really just a little thing but it completely immobilizes the car unless you can find someone who can replace that bit yeah. or you can find that part somewhere. Look, I think it's a good point. The one, the, what you're saying is, you know, it's one thing is, is a car reliable? And, and, and we often look at the at the mechanicals of it, right? So, yeah. oh, you are the engine, the gearbox is, you know, is bulletproof, that's great. But it's also about the rest of it, right? What if this breaks off? What if this lever or the, the door handles or whatever, you know? Yeah. Or, and, and I think... The more complicated the cars are, the, the bigger that problem is. It yeah. is. And I think but even with modern classics, like you said, uh, like we've discussed previously, um, something like a SL Merc of the 90s mm. or a BMW 7 Series or something from the 90s or late 80s, those things at that point had more computing power, yeah. the 7 Series BM, than, than, space than took the, the, the guys to the moon in yeah, the 60s. Yeah. So, I mean, it is absolutely crazy. And, you know, there's so many things that could go wrong, so many yeah. little yeah. things that can break, mm. and so many little sensors and things. And, and like I said, if that computer goes wrong here, you're stuffed because yeah. you're not going to get yeah, a new true. one. You might be able to find a secondhand used one on eBay. But if that exact same thing happened to you in the UK, there's an electronic engineer in his back garden with a shed who will fix it for 50 quid. <laughs> Everyone in the UK has a shed. Everyone in the UK has got a shed. Where, where do you think all the cars are built in the UK? There's like this whole shed industry. I called it the shed industry. I'm, I'm sure there's a, a real name for it, but I'll call, I always called it the shed industry. Because yeah. there's We've always... got a different kind of shed. We've got load shedding. <laughs> yeah, we've got load shed. Yeah. Look, I must... that's, a good, that's a good point. Sorry, uh, that's a good point with the, with the uh, 7 Series, etc. Because... Something like a Lexus LS400 would have actually been like, imagine daily driving that. But yeah, if but something they, goes wrong in that... Yeah, but they but don't. That's a Lexus 400. But it's they don't. not going to break. Yeah. This is another consideration. So, so the first thing is, mechanically, things need to be bulletproof or need to be at least maintainable, parts, etc. Then, electronically, is it too complicated? What are these things about? Yeah. Then, <clears throat> how well are these things built, Right. So, like you said, a Lexus, a BMW 7 Series of the early 90s, as a daily driver, I would not want. Because no. from a running it point of view, maintainability point of view, it's going to be a nightmare. You will yeah. buy it every month. You're going to, you're going to think what's going, to, what's going to break next and how long is it going to stand for and me to replace that, it. That's the thing. Every time something breaks, it's going to sit for six yeah. months. And you're going to get to a point, like you said, where it's not replaceable unless I go pay, I go find a guy with a shed in the UK and I import it from there. Yeah. Um, and then that's going to take a while. With, Can with, we import sheds? Unless you, unless you import the oak in the shed it's as okay. well. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, full, full, full disclosure, like you guys have been like, how long have we been talking about this? And I've not had a single thing to contribute. And there's a very good reason for that. Because the closest thing to a classic that I currently own is my uh, Taiwanese scooter. That's a knockoff off of a very well-known uh, Italian scooter, basically. Um, <laughs> But I mean, so you guys have got a lot of experience with 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 this. Um, so with with this topic, I you know, I actually, I also very for me like I, I, the idea of owning a classic is almost like when you ask me, can you drive a cl classic? And I say, I said yes. Um, it's like owning a boat for me, right? Because I feel like you guys are the <laughs> friends. You, you guys are the <laughs> friends that that you say like it's uh, you know you guys are the guys that own the boat, and I'm the one that gets to enjoy it now and then, and because it's not my problem, you know. It's like they say with a boat, what is the what is the best days? Is the day you buy it and the day you sell it, basically, because of the maintenance and things you have to do. Yeah, you have to put now, on. How do you, how do you make how but, do you make lots of friends? 
You buy a boat. Buy a trailer. Buy a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> or a boat. Like, the, the, the closest, I mean, the, you know, when Nico went with, with, with the Mercedes, when you asked this question to us, I was actually sitting and grabbing a coffee across the web, and I thought to myself, what the hell am I going to say now? Because I've got no knowledge of, of driving older cars like that. But... I, I, for me, as a, as someone that's not been into it, I, I fully agree with you guys. It was the drivability and um, and uh, and 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 something that that's 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 you know that's um, fairly safe, fairly fairly um, uncomplicated to service. And when I sat there and I saw um, it was an R107 SL Mercedes, 1972, one with oak, oak. What is it? Yeah, oak yeah, green yeah. with like over caramel leather. And then I thought. I have no idea what the maintenance of this thing is, or if it's going to break or not, but I would daily drive that. The thing about so old like Mercedes are they built Mercs. like tanks. Oh, yeah. Also, what I'm trying to say is, like, I think, like, for me, like, as a, as a non-experienced person in, 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 in daily driving classics, I feel like the safest entry into that would be something like a Mercedes yeah. or a BMW. Yeah. I must say, that old, would... old Mercs are actually a really good segue into you know that it's a very good entry point into classic car ownership because they were everywhere yeah quite yeah. frankly so there's always going to be parts for them and you generally, get specialists in generally there. speaking yeah. they're pretty bulletproof and there are a couple of specialists who who especially like stuff like the 123s and 124s that have an enormous following um there's there's always going to be guys who specifically look after those kinds of cars in fact i would i would love for my next my next classic car i really want a 123 so would i uh, i really really desperately want one <laughs> probably a six cylinder um a 280e yeah i'd like a 280 they had eight gas gasket problems yeah. they, they overheated a bit but they were lovely cars they were quick well it's not so much the quickness of it it's they had 140 it, kilowatts yeah but I, I love the smoothness of a six-cylinder and the sound yeah. a six-cylinder makes and inline six. They're, they're just really, really nice motors. 230E is the Swiss Army knife. It is the it does everything yeah. that yeah. you can. They used to call them something like the the camel of or the what camel of Africa. I don't know. You won't go to a, <laughs> no. They, to, they if you go to, to a poor stupid... African country, you won't find one of them where there isn't Corollas. And old Corollas and, 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 and W123 Mercs as taxis. Mm. That is just, yeah. That's what works there. Yeah. A Land Cruiser and a W123 Merc. And they yeah. ride and, in the desert with them. And as bulletproof as they are, their engineering is still fairly basic and easily understandable. But they are over-engineered. It, they're over-engineered. Yeah. Yep. But if something breaks on it, there's almost nothing that you can't fix with a bit of duct tape and, and WD-40. Uh, they don't break easily, but... but they are becoming more expensive. They are mm. becoming classics. Yeah, so yeah. there are things, if you buy, the, the most expensive Merc you can buy is a cheap W123. Yeah. <laughs> because you will spend much more than a nice one in, in, in getting that one up to standard. Yeah, yeah. They've got some rust issues over the years and things. To just get them kind of reliable and running isn't isn't so bad, but to get them nice. You, you had a 124 though, didn't you? I've had a 124. My dad had a 123. When I was a student, um, a four-speed manual, um, and it was a lovely thing. I loved it. It was that thing was just bulletproof. So my dad actually had two one twenty fours. He first had a blue, I think it was a two thirty e. Yeah, it's a four cylinder. That's yeah. the 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 kind both, of middle both, of the road. Both of his were four cylinders. Yeah. Um, and that was a brilliant car. We absolutely loved that car. Those things handle so well. Then he had a two thirty te. And that They're quite was the rare. coolest thing since oh, that's bread. the station wagon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're very cool. And I used to sit in the boot. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world, sitting in the boot of the car when we're going on road trips. <laughs> <laughs> they they don't have, cool. have, have a split? Did it not uh, come out with a split um, uh, tailgate? No. no. Was not that? No, no, no. I don't think so. You think of but a Range Rover. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. But, th no, but, but there those was, are cool. There was, was an old was that had a split, that, that, yeah. had the split okay. tailgate, but I can't remember which one it was. I think it is. I had a W124. So here's an interesting story on, 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 on classic car ownership. So I had an Alfa Mito, a modern Alfa Mito, QV Sport, great little car. Um, but at that point, it was like a 300-odd thousand rand car. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I actually remember the day. I was driving. Um, I test drove the Harper. Uh, the first time I drove the Harper Type 5 at Kilani. So I took the car around and I'm like, you know what? I must get back into racing because then I haven't been racing for quite a few years. And I, 
I said, I must get back into racing, but I want to free up a bit of money because it's going to cost a bit of, bit of money to race. So I want to get myself a race car, but I do want to free up some money. So I'm going to get a modern classic. That's actually the, what I went through. You don't need a modern car. What do I need a modern car? My wife's got a modern car. I am getting a modern, a modern classic. classic. And these Mercs are bulletproof. I'm going to get a W124. I'm going to get the 300E. And I want an automatic because you did yeah. get the manuals. The manuals were very, very rare in those. But the auto was cool because it fits into the whole personality <clears throat> of the car. It's a bit lazy. It's a bit, you know, wafting along. So this car, my dad went to buy the car. I haven't, I just spoke to the guy on Gumtree. I saw some pics look great, like low-ish mileage, 240,000 Ks, which is low for those cars. Barely yeah. running. And I'm like, cool, no, it looks great. And then when I got the car, there were a few little niggles, little uh, chip marks in the front and some rusty, it wasn't rusting. But he had like these little chipped marks with a bit of rust around them. Almost like surface rust of just yeah, where he had. And then the seats were a bit, they saw a bit so. of sun, so they weren't that great. There were a few little fiddly things that wasn't. But it was, I mean, I, I paid like 35 grand for the yeah. car of 40. So it was, but I wanted to experience that a bit. Unfortunately, I had very bad luck with that car. I had so many issues. Radiator backed up. Um, I had. Um, the distributor gave some issues, but I do think that was deferred maintenance. Yeah. So all of these things then, are things that you could have been avoided, but it just so happens that I ran into all of these things. It started leaking a bit of oil, and with them, it's not just a case of like a Toyota where you're just like, hey, replace the seals and it costs you a grand. It's, but it is an issue that you're going to get on a lot of older cars. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the thing is, they, they get to a point where they get cheap, and people who can't really afford to keep them going them. can afford to buy them. Yeah, exactly. And they'll buy them because they're cheap and they're supposedly bulletproof, but they're only bulletproof if you maintain them properly. Exactly. And then they won't touch them for 12 years, and when they start giving problems, they flog them off to people like us who actually want a reliable classic, and yeah. then we end up having so, to catch up on all the 12 years' worth so of maintenance. So I need to be, you know, if, if I'm honest about that car, it was, it never, strand, I never got stranded next to the road with it. It had some niggles. I went to one of these Merc uh, specialists, asked them to fix the stuff. Um, and I once took it on a long road trip, and it handled brilliantly, like a high-speed cruiser. Yeah. Through the through the the long sweeps, that car really handled so well. Neutral, it was really solid. Um, and they still had those higher-profile kind of wheels. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like didn't have low. And they were super comfy. Those one twenty-four. Yes. Well, the, there was the autobahn around already at that time in Germany. Because yes, if you think they about were built it, for the autobahn. autobahn. So it was the three hundred E's and the and the six-cylinder Mercs and the BMs. Uh, they used to go on the autobahn at five three five BMs and those Mercs. So they were built for so high speed cruising. Actually, was, was out of the blocks. It wasn't the the, the automatic gearbox held it back a bit, but w it, you could feel that car was hap would happily cruise at 200, 220 at all day. But, but even the four cylinders were like that. I mean, they yes. they they had high speed cruising ability. They just took a while to get there. Yes, for sure. I, I can tell you, my two twenty D. It's like you have to wind it up, but you, you're quite surprised of how, how quickly you get up to, to a comfortable speed with that. That's uh, a not, slow move. No, they are slow, but but <laughs> depends it's on what not speed like, you're comfortable it's with. Not, no, but it's not like a beetle that you're going to get to your 100 and feel like you're busy dying. You can at least still like get to you, cruising you speed. You may just like die you before said. you get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing that W114 here, then you're yeah, going to drive it and it. you're going to see. So, But my experience see. with that Merc was a bit of a, I just, I was very busy at work and everything and it was, all of these little things went wrong with it. So every second week, I had to go to the Merc guys to go fix something, leave it there for a day, whatever, work from home. And that was before the work from home things and I was at a previous employer. So, it kind of interfered with my daily life. And as a daily, it started becoming a pain because there was just hassles all the time. So so that to me was kind of a bit, bit ironic because I bought the Merc because it's bulletproof, nothing can go wrong. And, and the engine itself, nothing went wrong with the engine no. box. It's these little ancillary things yeah. around it. Um, but wasn't the 124 the one that was designed to have a biodegradable wiring harness? That's actually... A, Earlier one, this one, my was the early 90s, the later 90s ones, and, and the C-Clause Mercs. During, yeah, but in those the, years, they had, they had the, the biodegradable wiring. The I ones mean, with the air, the ones with the, with the, with the mine was just before the, the air, uh, 
earbags came out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was just... I'd love to have been in the meeting where they thought of this. So, Fritz, we must make our cars more green. Let's make them dissolve over time. What is the problem with this? That's the thing that kind of like puts me off of the idea of owning a cla- or daily driving a class because I think it, there's a certain amount of patience that comes with it, right? That but you there, need. There and has it's almost to be like an a, understanding. You, you to, and there, there has to be, limitation. And there has to be a, a sense of mechanical sympathy, I think, yeah. because you can't drive a classic like you drive a modern car. You can't just get into like... A modern car you can get into, you can switch it on, and you can rag the crap out of it. Unless you get a Ravster. Unless you get a Ravster. <laughs> but a classic car, you, you kind of have to have a little bit of sympathy with it, and you have to sort of treat it with a bit of respect. It, it has had a life uh, before you owned it, and, and you kind of have to deal with that. I but mean, that almost makes it part of its charm. I mean, I don't own a class, but my car's getting on 16, 17 years old now. And the other night, if you look at these marks on my fingers here, I was replacing the boot struts. And it was such a freaking painful experience. Like, I was so angry <laughs> when I walked out of there. Like, why is why this so difficult? Why am I not just rich Yeah, exactly. Like, and I thought to myself, this is why some people just buy new cars, because they're not list to deal with the schlep of waiting for parts to come for two months and then it gets there and you're so excited and you open a little packet and then you fuck it up basically because you you put this excuse my French, you put the the, the, the your, your screwdriver in the wrong thing and then then ding 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 something falls down here. Tell us like, how you oh, really man. feel. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, yeah. So I, I wonder sometimes so, once I'd be able to deal with that because I think so, I'd, I'd be frustrated by so, so, so I was very unlucky with that Merc of mine, though, because one of these things, and, and, and this is no lie, so <laughs> I took it somewhere for the, I think I had the brake pads replaced somewhere, um, and the manifold was welded up or something. So then it was this place in Brackenfell that did it. <laughs> So my uncle knows this guy. Well, and that I was that it. was your first. I took mistake. Him to the spot there and these <laughs> oaks. and these My uncle knows him. No, these are, <laughs> is he a real uncle or is he just like the dude that you know? Call him uncle. No, there's, so 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 there's the, these guys were pretty rough and ready. I was in the racing scene. They'll sort me out. No worries. I'm like cool, cool, sort of out. And then the guy. I said, well, I'll need to get home now. And I, I don't think I did Uber in those days yet. So the guy said, oh, cool, they'll come. I'll drop the guy off and then I'll go home and take him back with another car or whatever. Oh, no, sorry. He was driving. I was driving like the courtesy car or something. I was driving the Merc and he was driving the courtesy car. I don't know what the hell. But anyway, <laughs> we were driving home um, with two cars. And what happened was when the guy was driving in front of me with my Merc and I was driving another car, as he stopped at my house, the rear wi- the rear uh, window was shattered, was broken. So what happened was, <laughs> what are the odds? So in our estate, we've got these huge pine trees, like huge. I mean, like hundred years old plus. So what happened was, one of these little squirrels, what they do is they chuck <laughs> off, they chuck down these uh, these big pine cones. But you get these pine cones that are that they're not the dry ones. Have you seen like a yeah. a, a ripe pine cone that's yeah, green? Yeah, they're solid. They are heavy. Mm. So that thing fell off from a tree while the guy was driving in front of me. I saw the screen shatter, so it fell on the rear screen, oh, wow. and the screen just shattered. So Jeez. then I had to phone around for a day to try and find a screen, a new screen. Insurance will pay for a new screen. Take three weeks from Germany and it cost them like 30 grand yeah. or something. It's um, more than the cost. And then I worth. found some dodgy scrapyard in Woodstock or somewhere where I could get a screen for, I think, like a thousand bucks and add PG glass, put it in. But they're also like, yo, we can't promise that it won't break. And it was just, <laughs> Dude, uh, just it but glass. But you... glass is actually an interesting one because even my NC MX5 that I had. I had a real difficult time getting a replacement windscreen for that car. And, you know, a windscreen is something that you have very little control over when you need to replace one, which is why you insure the damn thing. Because, you know, you drive, a stone comes up, it hits the windscreen, and it's in its chops. But to replace the windscreen on that MX-5, we had to wait about six to eight months to get one uh, from Japan. Basically, I had to go make one for you. Yeah, essentially. Next batch. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a, with with daily driving a, a classic is, and I think you guys with the with the older with the older alphas or you with the 
with with all the Ford. You you need to have a certain love for that car that you can deal with the quirks because it becomes this sort of like a bonding experience almost, and it's you're okay with it as well. I think there's nothing the the, the 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 process of buying a classic, and that's why I always have gotten stuck with it. Is it's not like buying a new car, no. you, because you're gonna you're just gonna get if you're not if you don't like it, if you, yeah. and if you're not fond of it, and if it's not like your childhood dream to to have that, like a mm. junior or whatever, I think you're just gonna get irritated yeah. with but it. But now here comes would, a, here comes a question for you, Neil. I, I get where you're coming from with the the inconvenience factor of driving daily driving a classic. So. Would the answer not be daily driving something like a resto mod? You know, a car that's got the classic look and the classic feel. But then but you might as well got... drive a supercar because it's. I mean, we're talking about silly budgets there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's the well, thing. I mean, uh, that, uh, that building building a, a resto mod properly is not Very a cheap exercise. Yeah. yeah. That that Corvette I, that you had as a resto mod like was the, for value for money wise a good resto mod. I, I like the idea yeah. of OEM plus. Like if you've got like an older, let, let's let's. I mean, because I, I I love the look of the Junior as as well. Um, if you have it, like I'd like to keep the looks the same. Yeah. But if there's modern conveniences in it, that maybe there's that that just makes the drivability of it slightly better. Yeah. So an OEM plus, if you yeah. can call it yeah. something like that, I think would be. No, cool. and mine is a bit of you know put I put on different tires. They come out fourteen inch tire wheels. Mm. You don't get proper fourteen inch tires, um, and they needs to have the right profile. So I change it to fifteen inch wheels. So I get some bit wider, proper wheels. Probably drop it a little bit because it just looks like yeah, it's riding it's on. Stilts. And it's already going to be much better because modern tire compounds are oh, a yeah. little bit better than what we had in the sixties and seventies. <laughs> my, my 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 first junior still had seventies tires on them. Those cross plies. <laughs> so I remember. <laughs> it's like driving on wet rags. Yeah, it's. I, I still remember driving home uh, from Skeletrix the one night. And going around uh, uh, roundabout, and honest to God, not going fast or whatever, but it it was just that first summer rain. And look, the first summer rain in Bloemfontein, all those oils, etc., yeah. just come up. And I remember going into the corner at like, ugh, dude, it was under sixty. It was under sixty going around the roundabout, and I was sideways going into it, sideways going out to it, and I. Myself, because I <laughs> thought, yeah, I go. My dad's gonna kill me. My junior's gonna be binned. <laughs> it's it's like my dream car, and I'm gonna bin it. And then I was just <laughs> like, please, Lord, I just need to catch this. <laughs> it's something that seems to come back the whole time. Uh, if I if I can sort of tie up what we've been saying for the last little bit, um, it it seems like. Yes, you can daily drive a classic, and and there's there's like this window of cars that would really lend themselves very well to that sort of thing, and it 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 seems to me like we're heading in sort of late seventies, early eighties luxury cars, because luxury cars from that period already had aircon and power steering, which are kind of the things that we want. No, I don't want power steering. They, well. It's something that can go wrong. It's something that can go wrong, <laughs> but it's a nice to have. Um, but they had aircon, and they were reasonably powerful, and they could cruise the way we want them to. They but were. They're too complicated. There's more things that can go wrong, like a seven series beam or something. Yeah, but the seven series uh, beamer is like on its uh, whole no, no, thing I'm talking on its the own. first ones. I'm talking I'm, I'm like talking, early I'm 80s. I'm talking like the the early eighties, like the seventies, the Mercs, the the Fords. The more simple stuff. Ford a luxury car? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Granada was a luxury uh, car. Is it? Okay. Yeah, the, the Cortina was for the proletariat. Please. Where did, where, where did you have to stay to consider a Granada a luxury car? <laughs> the Granada was a <laughs> magnificent thing. <laughs> I've offended him there, now. There, there was an entire Top Gear episode dedicated to, 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 Ford. The, Ford, to the Ford, um, what is it, the... Cortina. The, the Cortina and Mondeo. Uh, I think it was so when the, like the last Mondeo was the, made. Yeah, so they but, had this. Uh, I mean, have you guys heard the song of I get the page for Cortina on my achterpjaard? We're not from Bloemfontein. We have taste. <laughs> but, I mean, if, if you look at uh, sort of more luxury end of the market from the 80s and 70s, I think those are cars that could conceivably be nice daily drivers. But if you look at the bottom end of the market from that period, stuff like Escorts, for example, 
that's not really something I'd want to daily drive, because driving those things, it's a little bit hard work, and they do feel like a liability on the road today well, when you're being passed by massive trucks doing mm. 120. If it's, a, if it's a 1600 and higher, um, and it's like a, a 80s you know, Escort or whatever, I'm not a Ford guy, we know this already, um, but I think a, a, a 80s, uh, I don't know about the Cortina, they've got that V6 in, but you know, yeah, if yeah. you could live with that. Uh, the Cortina or the Escort, I think they're fine. I think they can keep up. You, you won't be doing 170 or whatever, but they could do 120. You could keep up with traffic. Don't get the 1300 because you'd be in trouble. <laughs> um, they're just missing the aircon. But I almost mm. want to go, I'd rather, if I had to live with it daily, I'd rather go for a simple car yeah. and add an aircon to it. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick the 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 Merc, I, there are but exceptions. It, it must be said that adding an aircon afterwards can sometimes be more complicated than yes. just fixing a car that had aircon already. It could it could, um, but I'd rather you know take a seventies Alpha, like a GT Junior or a, or a Julia, add an aircon to it, and there are kind of kits for it. Add an aircon to it, and the rest is pretty simple, straightforward, and it helps that between me and my dad, we've got like three and a half spare of those cars <laughs> so we, we can get around. some spares of them so that helps of course if your dad has, has access to spares yeah. uh, i mean we I, I grew up with an escort like an mentioned 1980, 1980s escort and um funnily enough my dad sold it you know because that that car was the, the one that did all the gravel road driving it was a fairly fairly solid solid car and i mean now you mentioned something about the, the trucks coming by and not that this is so don't misunderstand me this is not a classic by by any means but i mean after that we had a had a chico City Golf, and that was like the appointments out on in the middle of nowhere, thirteen hundred yeah. because it was quite high. And then a, a couple of years ago, I just I wanted to. I thought you know like draw back to my. That's the car I learned to drive in, you know. And I've always when I grew up, I liked the velocities, you know, like bucket seats and all that. And I thought uh, a, a friend of mine, his fiance, was selling hers. And when I went to drive it, I felt extremely exposed. And that's one of the things like yeah. why I would feel like you know I want something like a bigger Merc or something mm, like no, that. But is this because you 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 feel very there's more metal around you. There's more metal around you. The yes, issue is that's you the thing drove with a thin box. Yes, but you know that you drove from the a 70s. thin box. Yes, yeah. I mean, that so, car is super unsafe. If you get into my Merc or even a Junior, everything feels a bit more solid. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's what I'm trying to allude to. Is like, yeah, I, yeah, I'd yeah. rather want something with a little bit more metal. So it would put me off something like a... So in terms of daily driving, I feel it's also like then, what does your commute actually look like? Yeah. Me yeah. driving from Gardens to Woodstock, you know, then maybe like, you know, something like a Mini or a, yeah. a old if Escort you, If you makes do a lot sense. of highway drive, driving at 120 plus, then you're not going yeah, you to, don't want to feel do safe in a mini. You don't want to drive like that long south and west of town basically every single day. Yeah. So let's go around the room. You have unlimited budget to go and buy a daily drivable classic. Well, let's not say unlimited, uh, but you have... I wanted to say unlimited. I've got a quick answer for you and it's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because no, then I'm going... Realistic. A realistic. realistic sort of, you know, anything under half a million. Should we say, or what should we? Where should we draw the line here? Say two hundred grand, two hundred and fifty grand, three hundred grand. Can't buy Alpha Juniors. Yeah, you can't go for a Alpha Junior ball. on that. Make it off. But uh, look, I, I'm okay, actually let's, no, let's no, 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 it, no, no, no. Let's call it half a bar. Um, no. You've got half a bar. Something realistic, but not over. No, half a I'm got... actually happy to say I'll daily drive my W114, my 220D. I'll happily daily drive that car. It's it's a it's comfortable. It's, you but can drive also, fast enough. You've probably also spent pretty much half that budget restoring it, haven't you? <laughs> uh, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> How do you guys um, feel about the first gen but, Hiluxes? Sorry, I'm interrupting you now, Nico. But like, no, can it be Buckies? Can it be Buck? Are we talking about modern, well, modern in a South African context? Class. Can it, old Buckies be It's dangerous for so many reasons. It is dangerous, yeah. and they are so uncomfortable. The suspension <laughs> yeah. on those old Hiluxes was so hard. It's you know, like you know, they used to say that they outlive the owners. Those Hiluxes. It's because they killed the owners. Because the owners died of of uh, kidney failure. Kidney failure. Kidney failure. <laughs> because <laughs> things shake them to bits. Now those things were horrible. The ride on those things were terrible. They will last forever. If you're on a farm, right, get one of those. It'll last forever. Um, but on the road, they are really horrible. The handling is dangerous. Yeah. Um, they are slow, all of them, super slow. 
I would rather get a monoc I would rather get like a nineties one or something, like a late nineties one. The ones with 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 a without the solid front axle. When they started getting a bit more civilized. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Nico, I interrupted you. What year model was the S2 Avant? Uh, that's early 90s early 90s early yeah 90s. that was like 90, 90 yeah. 91 92 RS2 S2 S2 Avant Porsche motor RS2 that's the RS2 yeah it's the RS2 Avant that would be absolutely epic that, that can would... you still get those under half a bar? probably not um, but but I mean that would be an epic thing but I wouldn't see that as a that's a modern classic. It's a bit modern you for a classic. Can, yeah. It's a modern classic, and the year model can can almost fit in there. But it, but I think it's a bit too modern for yeah. the discussion. Yeah, but yeah. but yes, that that's kind of a borderline car. That's right? kind of a borderline car, yeah. Because because um, the E fifty is a bit my E fifty is a bit but a bit modern as well. It's also around there. I'm the guessing. E thirty as a modern classic. The E thirty. As yeah. a car would be great, but the problem with them is just their, this, yeah, their ownership they, in South they Africa tend, tend is a problem. Yeah. Because yeah, they'll yeah. get stolen. A W123 Merc, I think, as a modern classic, is a fantastic car. But you need to know you're not going to buy a 30 grand one. You're going to buy a 100 grand one. or A 100, 100 grand would buy you a, a really nice a one. It's a decent one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. nice one. And it's not going to be cost you as much as the City Golf to keep it running. You are no. going to... Because things don't break that often and there is easy to service and, and stuff yeah. but if they do break um if they do break you know yeah and you need to know they're all 40 years old so yeah, exactly exactly yeah, i mean yeah. you need to be but, to yeah. know that you get some so service. to get Andre, yeah oh, sorry, sorry so to get back junior is out of budget i would happily my w114 that's that's my call for a daily daily classic andre um I already said W123, but it wasn't my choice yet, necessarily. Being boozled us. I think a very underrated modern classic is the late 80s, early 90s Japanese cars. This one for you, Neil. So, surprise, surprise. They were kind of the cars that destroyed the English car market because they showed the English that cars can be reliable. This is how a car <laughs> so, should be. Um, so, so what I'm thinking, things like... Witchcraft, it I'm thinking, started. I'm, I'm thinking things like a Conquest RSI, right? Or, a, or or one of those. Like a, imagine a 1988 Conquest RSI or 87, right? Oh, yeah, the boxy, the boxy yeah, one. Yeah, that little boxy one with the, the slant nose thing. thing. But, I mean, those real cars were brilliant. Like 96 kilowatts from a, from a 1,600, 16-valve. Um, it revved like a motorcycle, that thing. It revved to 8,000 RPM. Um, and they were super reliable. Those You can't break those engines. So I think as a... You know, they were almost never seen as classics because they were always like, oh, this is this Jap thing. But mm. but they're getting to an age now where they're kind of cool. I, I don't know. I think yeah. it's a, even the old Lexus, the first Lexus and those kind of cars, I think they're cool as as usable. They're very usable classics. Yeah. So so they they are better cars that better fit the, the collectible classic brief. Yeah. But cars to daily as classics, I think they're brilliant at that. Well, that's where Mercedes has a good middle line because most classic Mercedes are not bad investment vehicles. Uh, no, a Merck sedan is not an investment vehicle. You're not going to lose, lose money. You're not going to lose money. You're, gonna lose it, you're not going to make gonna, money. You're going to use money. You're going to plow money into it to keep it running and to get it nice. You're not going to get any of that money back. A, a two-door Merck can be an investment. A four-door Merck is not an investment. No. Unless it's a very rare specimen of something. So, uh, Neil, a daily drivable classic for 500 grand. What you got? Uh, if you can find a Datsun 240Z, I'd probably for go that. For 500k. That's, that's, that's <laughs> out of Just because we're talking juniors or something, because I've actually forgotten that car. But I would, I would say Mercedes R107 SL. I think something like that would be quite cool and quite good looking to drive. And it's something that looks quite glossy. And uh, probably would it wouldn't cost you an arm and a leg, I would assume. They are cool. They are mm. quite cool. And in the back in the day, that was like, you know, there there used to be much less choice in the car market than there is today. Today, when you make it and you 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 go out and you go and buy that big splashy car that you've always wanted, there's like a hundred things you can choose from. But back then, you bought an SL, 
I mean, yeah. that, that was just what you did. Yeah. If, if you really made it, you bought the SL. That's what you, Bobby Ewing was driving. Yeah. <laughs> you get out of an E-Class and they go, how's it? You get out of an SL, they go, Manier. You know, yeah. that, that's... You had special parking at work if exactly. you had an SL. An SL was, um, was a huge status symbol. They are a bit more, they have a bit more moving parts than your, than, than what your normal W123 has. The V8 motor typically, the, so they are a bit more expensive to keep running. Than 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 but a W one three. I mean, they're still engineered like tanks. Oh yes, no, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so yeah, no, hundred percent. Parts availability for them is still also pretty good. Um, there's there's still reasonable support for them to get bits and pieces that you you, you might need to replace on them. Um, and for me, I've got to say, I I'm still very partial to a W one twenty three, but I think in an ideal world, if I can get W123 Coupe. The C, it's the C123. Either the C123 or the T123, I suppose. The, 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 the TE. What, uh, what, 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 no, the, 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 C, the CE is the, is the Coupe. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the T is the, is the station wagon. Station wagon. Yeah. I, I'd, I mean, I'd be happy with Sorry, the, it's actually, yes, you're actually right. I would, I would much rather have that than, than the sedan. I, I um, would, I would, I'd be happy with the sedan. But if I can get either a wagon or a coupe, that would be first class for me. I w- uh, that coupe is actually a very good choice. Or a W124 coupe. Yeah. They're actually also, pretty cool. Also very rare um, as well. I'm very cool choice. pretty impressed that you didn't go with a Jag. Uh, the thing is... Daily drive, all the Jags. Daily so. drive, <laughs> Jags pre-2000, you're going to be uh, running a bit of a gamble there. I mean... Uh, I mean, I love a Jag. Uh... And I love old Jags, but to daily drive one, eh. need a special there is kind a, of... There is, a, there is a left field daily driver that I would really love, but I don't know enough about their reliability. I don't think it's going to be good news because of where it comes from. <laughs> can I guess what you're about yes, to say? Yes, you can guess. TVR. No, we know that's terrible. <laughs> as a daily. And even, 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 even Mr. Q will agree that, that that's terrible as a daily. It, it, it is. I still maintain but you that want the, one. the TVR Chimera is both the best and worst car I've of ever driven. <laughs> I love it. No, what it is, it's from a different country. Okay. What, can you guess what it is? I'm guessing it's Italian. No. Not? No. Andre is going to pull it a something. Larder? Is it American? No. Come on, boys. There's not that many countries. Are we? Are we yes. Are we... Oh, okay. Can I? Can I? Uh, Citroen Polis. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would love a Citroen yes. Polis as a daily driver. That brings me to yeah. the deal. I'm it's, with you, babe. The Polis is such a comfortable, oh, it's, it's such a comfortable well. car. It's beautiful. The engine is nowhere, really. And <laughs> it, it was, in its day, stupidly innovative. Yes, I mean, still to, to this day, it's brilliant. I mean, it, to this day, you look at it but and I go, don't. oh, well, that's a cool old car. But if you look at other cars so from that period, I mean, they still had big wheel arches and freaking headlights that look yeah. like they come out of a it sports is stadium. It was hmm. 30 years ahead of its competition. It was it was a complete mindfuck, <laughs> that car. That's um, funny we didn't think about the. I mean, we kind of like forgotten about the French. And if you look at like ads, Peugeot, yeah, 12, Peugeot 205, we really got them here as well. We That's didn't also that we, we, we didn't the really have like a. We got were a bit dreary. The 504s and the 404s, they were quite reliable cars in their day, those old ones. But they. Yeah. I, I would say actually, now that you mention it, what is it the 504, the 404 that came out in a two door as well? There was a the coupe. Coupes. The 504 coupe, coupe was actually nice. Yeah. That was actually quite a nice looking car as well. It was a yeah. Pininfarina uh, style, yes. I think. Ooh, I thought about another nice one. <laughs> but, 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 but this is well, this not list grows. No, 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 this is a, this is very this is a very uh, this, is this is a, a very dangerous topic statement because now I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to make a very dangerous statement. Here. <laughs> I'm going to make a very dangerous statement. May get me kicked out of this podcast, but oh, because God. the engine. In a Citroen Palace, it's pretty dreary. It's got some four-cylinder uh, anonymous like a thing. Like 2.4 liter. You, I don't know. I don't think it's even that much. But it's a weak. It's not a. It's not. You don't it's, buy it for this engine. It's a typical French engine. It's a. It kind it's, of a it's a yellow-bellied surrender monkey. It's there monkey. so you can waft it along. It's like the, like the Italians that build an engine and they build some car around it. Um, 
that would actually be a good candidate for an electric engine swap for a commuter. Get out. Oh, my word. Jesus. Is that why we're getting the rain at the moment? <laughs> so if you could put, and I don't want one of these silly Tesla 600 horsepower, whatever. I want a very simple electric motor that can replace whatever that's, that's no. done. And you drive it to work and back. Well, I, nice. can, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Because the engine is pointless but in that thing. If you want to do that properly, it's going to cost you more than half a bar. Not really. You just need to know some. I'm, I'm kind you need of to know a guy in a shed who can I, put in a I've got an old washing machine somewhere. I, I'm struggling to like to hear you say that. Like I, I don't even know what to respond to. Yeah, like, I was, I was, who is, I this was who is this guy? What have you done with him? I was late some time in France. How much did you drink at Mushrooms was fantastic. I was literally expecting you to now say, you know, swap in a junior motor into an LS swap. Which I would have been fine with. Can you imagine a palace with an LSV8 in the back? argument is that because that car is not about the engine the engine's a bit of a liability to it you may <laughs> I, as well do I, that I if you commute with, you. with I think it I if think you were in gardens point. driving to work and back mm-hmm. and sitting in traffic yeah. that would be brilliant. yes i, I know I, 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 but I, there's also there's also a little bit of a of a drawback with that because electric motors are notoriously quiet classic cars are not and one of the things that came out when they developed the nissan leaf was just how loud some normal car components are. And when you don't have engine noise, In it, classic car, everything sounds louder. Everything <laughs> sounds louder. So that little squeaky rattle that but you get from the why, back is suddenly going to be a really annoying loud <laughs> rattle at the back. But that's why she the, rides on air, man. The, winds, <laughs> the windscreen wiper is going to sound like an industrial machine. But you're not going to hear. You're not going to hear the. You're not going to hear the, the like the suspension or anything because it just floats. Because it floats. Can I throw a last one in here? Volvo 240 Turbo. You didn't really get them here, man. You you, you're going to struggle to get parts for it. You are. Uh, you didn't get it, them. It, it would be, I, I'm with you that it's going oh, to be a very cool car. It's a cool car, car but you didn't but get them here. Not you, the Turbo. Well, get well, okay, then just the 240. You, you'd yeah. struggle it doesn't need to, to be keep the Turbo. Uh, the the parts are going to be a problem. 240 maybe not so bad as the turbo, but you're still going to struggle to keep it going. That's going to be a problem. Because even though we did get them here, our Volvos in those eras were not exactly uh, voluminous big sellers. True, um, but they, they weren't, were weren't built few and badly. far between. No, they no, built they like tanks. properly, but you can't find the parts for them. Then I it's... throw next to it, I throw in there like something like a Saab 900. That's going to be just as bad as the Volvo. Yeah, but you don't get them yet. But I mean, from looks, you point got of them. View, yeah, you got yeah, the nine in the nine thousands. Yeah, I think it's quite a nice something really left field. You've got something uh, for a Saab, eh? I've got yeah, I do. Bit of a Saab for it. I'm with a Saab. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I saw a nice sport compi the sport compi the other day, and I thought like, wow, that actually is quite a nice looking. Anyway. <laughs> like a Saab. Um, well, guys, I think that 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 pretty much wraps it up, guys. I think we've concluded that yes, you can drive a daily classic car um but probably your biggest hurdle in deciding what that's going to be is how you keep it going um other than that i think and your budget right yeah your your budget either you have to like working on things yourself or which i think most classic car owners do but some don't some don't give a shit i don't like working on (laughs) and and from the sounds of it neil isn't keen on it either so you either need to, it's like with racing, you either need to spend lots of time in the garage and, you know. So let me just revise my previous statement. We've concluded that Nico and I could daily drive daily classic drive cars. You guys are just shafted. You could daily drive anything, basically. I could, um, I, I could daily drive a checkers trolley if I needed determine, to. Our budget will determine what we can drive. <laughs> um, but you need to, but, but it's something true that Neil said, you need to be willing to deal with. You. My wife has got absolutely zero tolerance for car hassles. She drives a new car every five to seven years, buy a brand new car with warranty, and then we buy a new car again. If a car gives a hassles, it would be sold right there because it's just not, you don't buy <laughs> a car to get hassles it. from it. Um, I'm slightly different, you know, I'm like, hey, it's a car. Yeah, it's I mean, Italian, I got to tell you, my, my dad uh, is very much like your wife in that sense. He loves classic cars, but if a battery goes dead, he, he wants to sell Terrible, the car. Terrible, unreliable <laughs> car. Get rid of it. rubbish. Get Such rid of hassle. <laughs> but it also um, so, depends yeah. on where you are in your life. If you are like super, if you're kind of up and coming, you're very busy, you work 20 hours a day and you're like very busy with meetings and stuff. 
uh, where I was with when when I when I bought that that Merc as a classic, I was oh, I'm going to do this and it's going to make no impact on my life. It's just going to be a different car I drive, and it turned out it wasn't because there's all these little things. If you if you don't really have the tolerance for that, the place where you are in your life, rather have it for a Sunday drive and have a daily driver. Yeah. Don't have it as your only car. And uh, the, the topic of the guys in the in the, in, in the shed, right? Because I mean, I've, one of my biggest things, uh, me and my dad, we always watch these um, restorer programs, especially the ones in the UK, especially going back to the man in the shed. And the one question my dad always asks me is, where are the guys in South Africa that can do that? So they I think you exist. need to, yeah, and, they, and I always tell them like, if you're within the right circles, you will know who can do it. They feel um, far in between. But you need to then, you know, build up that sort of, I think network. as well, like, you know, yeah, network, network the to know. and the Giorgio. Yeah, exactly. For this, you go to this guy. For that, um, you go to that guy, basically. Yeah. So, guys, we will be back next week with some more interesting stuff. Uh, if you didn't find this interesting, then perhaps you should be taken out back and shot. <laughs> uh, we'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, Stay classy, guys. San Diego. Stay classy. <laughs> This boy's life is the business of my heart. The energy is the act of football. So far, the places are beautiful. So I say, as you as you say, 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 as you